You're listening to Between Two Bridges, a business-to-business podcast. With your hosts, Anthony R. Destiny, Joe Ferrani, and Jerry Kenna. Interviewing entrepreneurs, business operators, and investors. This episode of Between Two Bridges is sponsored by Paymark Payroll. Payday is the most important day to your most important people. And Payday is made easy at www.payyourpeople.com. We are here with another episode of Between Two Bridges, B2B. I'm your host, Anthony Ardestini. To my left is the cleanest man in Pittsburgh. Would you like to introduce yourself? Joe Franny, owner of Doro Cleaners and uh, proud member of this team here. Nice. And to his left, the man with the plan. <laughs> uh, Jerry Kenna. I own Landmark Business Solutions, a couple other small, business, small businesses around the finance world, finance and real estate. And our esteemed guest this evening, a graduate from Riverview High School, 2005. Also graduated from Point Park in 2009, has a mortuary science degree, served as class president. Look at that. Licensed funeral director of 2011, Sean Russell Truby. How Thank you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, boys. Absolutely. Um, so welcome. Obviously a uh, well-known... Uh, last name and figure in Oakmont. So what was it like growing up as, as a Truby? Kind of start there. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely didn't get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> for, for sure. Uh, Can you explain? <laughs> it was, I mean, now looking back on it, it was obviously great with my last name. My parents were remarkable people. Um, loved Oakmont, loved growing up here. Now my kids are at 10th Street. Uh, it's uh I think the, one of the greatest places on earth for a small town USA to grow up in. Convince someone to marry you. You have two kids. It looks <laughs> like how how that happened. It was a negotiation. Okay, <laughs> they usually are. <laughs> was it hostile? <laughs> so I was finishing up mortuary school. My wife was at Duquesne. We were out having some Mountain Dews one night. Okay, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, actually, I met her roommate first. We were kind of chatting and and just hit it off. We ended up in the same place three nights in a row in the city and then asked her out on the fourth night. And uh, we've been together ever since. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what was your first job? Was it at, was it with the company? Was it my uh, first job? Giant typ- Eagle? Typical Oakmont boy was caddying. <laughs> caddying at the country club, which I think was 50 bucks a bag at the time. Uh, John Megley was the caddy master, uh, walked up there, lived at the funeral home at the time, walked up, walked back, walked the 18 holes, you know, took your 50 bucks and went home. Um, that was probably, that was probably my only gig before helping out my dad. Did you loop for long back then or was it just no, like, I didn't because he never put me out. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> A lot of guys just didn't loop for long because you go up and you're there at eight in the morning 
and then you so get out. Oakmont has you know these regulars that are caddies by trade, and they get out all the time. Uh, and so yeah, I, I got put out a couple times, and after a while, I was like, I actually want to golf. I don't want a caddy. <laughs> That's hard. Is there a trade for caddying, or like, is it just you got to know the right guy? Is that a whole? Is there a whole yeah. school to it? I mean, obviously well, there's good ones and bad ones. But. So a lot of times what will happen is guys that come to Oakmont multiple times a year, they'll, they'll like have a guy they call to get them on the bag. So therefore a guy like Sean, when he's trying to get out as a young kid, they don't, they're not coming in from, you know, Arizona to golf to have Sean Truby on the bag. Mm. They have a guy and a lot of times. <laughs> Little did they know they would. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times what they'll do is the caddy will then work for them the whole week they're here, the weekend they're here, yeah. drive them around, pick them up, show yeah. for them, yeah. The so whole nine yards. Oh, yeah. A lot of those guys go to Seminole from Oakmont in the wintertime. So they okay. caddy year-round. So I think you took a better approach here. Right? I not, so. not against any of those guys, yeah. but I yeah. think going to work for your dad wasn't a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. So Definitely. what was your dad like? That's a very broad question, but I guess growing up, what type of uh, – if you take us behind the scenes a little bit. Um, he was just – I think now in hindsight, being a dad, he was the greatest example of a dad, you know, I think any of us could ever have. Um, worked hard. My dad's story is, you know, he came from Springdale. Hmm. There wasn't an opportunity there for him. He went to McKeesport, bounced around. Came to Oakmont, didn't know a soul in this town. Yeah. Um, at the time, my parents were... 25 borrowed off every family member they knew to buy the business at the time um, a lot of people don't know that yeah. um, I, think it, I think it was like 500k at the time and like they borrowed off everyone functioning at the time and they so my, my dad worked for mr burkett who owned the okay. business yeah he brought him here as an intern he was 25 years old and in a year's time he was like i want to sell do you want to buy the business yeah. and my dad was just in my parents were living above a garage in mckeesport <laughs> work, yeah. working for this <laughs> other guy home. Yeah. and yeah. so he came here and he was like, I mean, yeah, I want to, but uh, so at that time, my my his in laws, my dad's parents borrowed them money, aunts, uncles, whatever, to buy the business at yeah. the time. Um, I think they bought either the business or the property, rented the other half, then bought them out in time. We grew up above the funeral home. Um, greatest parents I could have ever asked for, truly. What what was that like? Because I, I grew up with Shay, graduated with Shay, your sister, <clears throat> and all growing up, knowing that you guys lived above the funeral home, thinking, that's got to be so weird to live above <laughs> yeah, a funeral home. Yeah, like you make up stories. And yeah. It, it's like... Uh, Maybe it isn't as weird as You know, it the closest thing anyone would say is my like, like my girl with yeah. Veda. Yeah. And, and, you know, my wife and I debated about naming Isla Veda because <laughs> we, we started there and had Isla there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was nothing what you think of. It, the business is not actually about death or dying. It is. It's a little bit about that. But it's, it's about people. It's about a ministry. It's about helping people. Um, uh, the people we helped over the years, my dad helped over the years, become like, you know, Joey, like like family. I yeah. mean, I know so many of, uh, you know, close connections through that business. Well, what was crazy is whenever I was leaving high school and didn't know what I wanted to do, I was going to go to school to be a funeral director. That's what I wanted to do. And I talked to your dad about it and he was like, I think you would be a good fit, you know? And then I was 19 years old and I was on, I was on the phone calling your dad and my father passed away. Mm -hmm. And I just remember my grief and like how good your dad was at that. And I was like, you know what? Russ is a funny guy. 
but like he's really like a therapist in this mm-hmm. and i was like i don't think i have that mm-hmm. that nurturement inside of me to like i definitely didn't have it at 19 but mm-hmm. I, I mean probably now but it'd be hard to change careers at this point but your dad was a your business is a unique business and your dad was a unique guy yeah so. i guess part of this is obviously the business aspect right so we were talking a little bit before so you're, you're a licensed Life insurance agent as well. What what all is uh, under Sean's hat here? So, um, so when you to go to mortuary school, you have to have sixty credits of college or four year degree. So, Joey, you can still go. Um, <laughs> and you go to mortuary school, you get a funeral directing and embalming degree, which I have. Um, I have a life insurance degree where we write pre-need funeral contracts through. It's through the, both are through the state of PA. So it, they're both professional degrees like a, um, you know, like a dentist would have, things like that, where we have continuing education, get kind of uh, approved credits yearly to upkeep that state license. So that allows us to legally practice kind of day by day. You gotta have a license for everything in this state, except for have, having a kid. You don't need a license for that. Maybe you should. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> Expensive business to run. Uh, I mean, what kind of upkeep aside from, uh, you know? It is, uh, you know, one thing this last year with my dad gone, he kind of always, you know, Shay, Russ, and myself, we all kind of did our own th- our things. He did this, I did this, mm-hmm. Shay did that. Some of that I knew about, but he kind of kept it. You know, he was good with his finances and he ran a clean ship. Um, now that it's on your, you know, like some, we had our end of year, Jerry, you can attest to this. And, you know, all of a sudden you're, you know, trying to make payroll and you have that stress of like these people, you know, my sister, my mom, these part-time people, it is expensive. These, these buildings, Oakmont, they're old, mm. um, you know. The electric bill comes every month. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talked a lot last in our last episode with a guy that had a business, and like, you know, it's just nobody knows until you're in that role, and and I think like you just got to go through it. I don't think you can prepare for it. People yeah. can listen to this all they want, all they want, and there's still gonna be something that happens in your day to day, your business, and you're like, I don't have any money. Like, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I'm broke. So there. On, on that note, I mean, one thing this last year, I mean growth in myself I think in the business I always did these things I was going to grow grow but until my dad died it's mm-hmm. like I mean I'll never forget it the first death we had after that it was like you know you're on yeah, and you're then you learn things what I've learned in this year in a month or in month one I couldn't have learned in 15 years yeah you know you're you're doing it I read a little bit of your history on your on the website and it was crazy to read that your dad's first funeral was his what was his grandfather yeah what, your mom's was. grandfather yes yeah. yes New, New Year's Eve, like they take yes. over this business. Yes, and his first client is his grandfather. And he, and he was young; he was twenty five. Like yeah. I was thirty five, and, and I had a lot more foot into the business than he did. Yeah, you know, he was he was the man. <laughs> yeah. So, it's probably Bur- a good sum sum it up. Yeah. So it's Burkett Truby Funeral Home. Right. Burkett was the guy that owned it before. Right. What made your dad keep Burkett on the so in, in our industry, it's very typical that you keep kind of the previous owner's name along. I think if they had a good reputation, the clientele, there's certain people in our town, for instance, that like go to Burkett Truby or like went to English or go to Penn Hills or Plum. It's kind of like some fl- families are almost like 
drawn to that name. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it could work for for or against you if the previous name was you know not a good thing. I think you would change it to your name. Um, but my dad always kept it. It is a cost thing, you know, if we would change it on everything, um, again, through the state. Um, right now, I think it's safe as Berkatruby. <laughs> yeah. I think that um, in that moment, when you lose a loved one, you want to call someone you know, you know. And actually, my, <laughs> my, my dad's, you know, famous thing in our generation, it's not as accurate, but um, it was the phone book. And he mm-hmm. was like, he was the first funeral home in the phone books. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm never changing right. it. That's funny. Yeah, you've been there quite a while now, though, because I think it's been maybe 13 years since my grandmother passed away, and you were the phone call. So I was pretty much, so I'm 36 now. When I came back from where I first went to college, 19, I pretty much was working with my dad full time since then. 17 years. You're thankful for those 17 years now, man. Heck yeah, I'm glad I came back. <laughs> yeah, because you get to wait a couple of years, you know. Yeah. That's why you don't wait to take your shot, you know. Yeah. It says 1954 here. Yeah. Um, how big is the staff these days? How many? How many so we really, you know, we just had this funeral um, this past weekend. We handled the Klontz, uh funerals of the Plum Explosion. And uh, mm-hmm. to pull off something like that is it's an event it's an emotional it has to go right it has to go smooth um these people are extremely special people um we've kind of morphed into what we are now with kind of like my sister myself my mom and i full-time and then a plethora of part-time people and i mean i walked out of there saturday and i said we have like we have the greatest team right now that we've had um obviously wish my dad was a part of that sure you know your mom i don't think i think she's always been like on the back burner because russ was always such a big big um component personality personality. but i always joke with them back in the day because i lived like right off the boulevard and i would see your mom and dad walk i called it the truby trail (laughs) and and i always told your dad and your mom when they were both gone we were just going to put a statue of each one of them on each side of the truby trail just pointing at the other well, I'm trying to get a I'm trying to get a bench out there that uh, is maybe in the works, but um, it's been an ongoing process. It's hard to get things done. I will well, say. Yeah, you, you just got to put a no, bench out there. No, not in this time. You, know? you just let's just go. We can go put a bench out there. Right I, now. We just go drop it. Yeah, yeah they're not going <laughs> to take it the down. <laughs> they're not going to take it down. Yeah, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than it is to ask sure for permission. Is. Yeah. It sure is. But you want like the old school Truby bench, like the the ads that are at the bus stop. You want that bench? So or? I, I have a, I have a bench design that that may come to fruition. That's like a, uh, uh, it's like a Cooperstown baseball bust of my dad. Yeah. And some words that I inscribed on kind of like a concrete monument type thing, but um. It may or may not be placed around town. Well, if I anybody is listening, that. Yeah, listen, if anybody, who do we got to flex make on? Make Let's people. rename the trail. His name is the Truby Trail. I've not made any friends lately, so I'm, <laughs> I'm probably not going to help you. I'm not going to be any help. <laughs> so. Well, that's kind of one of the, I mean, like we talked about earlier, Oakmont is a great town, but like. Sometimes I can have an abrasive personality. I'm friendly with people I know, but like mm. things I do t- tend to move the needle a little bit. What? And I was like, well, I'm getting out of here. Like I, I got to get to the Hills of O'Hara. At least it's, it's close Maybe. enough. You're more anonymous there. <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows me. <laughs> you know, funny enough, my wife graduated from Fox Chapel, so they all know her. 
she was like she took up the space program and like drank beers under the bleachers so I, maybe we should stay in up one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, move the McKeesport. <laughs> you think uh, the kids will get into the business? Is that, Do you uh, envision that, or is it kind of up to them? Uh, it's definitely up to them. Um, my dad did not, you know, urge me to pursue it. Um, right now my son wants to be a garbage man, which would be great. Yeah. And my daughter's way smarter than I am, so... <laughs> Um, I think she's going to have a different path as well, which we would be very happy with either okay. way. How did Russ get into it? Is it uh, he knew somebody? So or? my dad's story is uh, like he was in the third grade and was like, you know, and, doing and, this. and like the yearbook at that age was like, what do you want to be? And he was like a funeral director. Okay. And, you know, really? everyone thought he was weird. Um, but he knew. And then my mom and him like started they lived across the street from each other on Beckman street in Springdale. Um, and my dad started working at shop and save over there, which I think was where like Ames was in Harmerville. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he started at the funeral home in Springdale, which is Jarvie funeral home, which is still there. Um, but they kind of have a setup now where it's a dad and a son. So, uh, there was going to be no future there for him. That's where he went to McKeesport and then ultimately to Oakmont. So when he came to Oakmont, it was kind of like he was, again, living in McKeesport. And the guy, Mr. Burkett, said, why don't you come to Oakmont? And he was kind of like, well, it's near Springdale. It's close to home. So he just came here kind of on a whim, okay. which is crazy. You know, yeah. to think about. It's crazy to think about <laughs> yeah. because he's pretty much <laughs> he's been the Mr. Oakmont. Yeah, yeah didn't, know, didn't know a person in Oakmont. I mean, when, yeah. when he died, it rocked this time. Yeah. It yeah. really did. Yeah. I was just with one of his old buddies from Springdale, uh, Bob Mandick, oh, on yeah. Friday night, and uh, Bob was very fond of your dad. <laughs> yeah, was, but Bob's a funny guy. Like he just he big smile, big big teeth. I mean, he's kind of like an older version of Rush Truby. And uh-huh. I'm like, what is it with Springdale back in the day, just putting out studs? It was. <laughs> I guess to work in like taxes and things. So Jerry, what are the advantages of I guess the way this was set up? So they lived you know, in their business. So there's a lot of advantages there, right? It reduces overhead. You don't have to worry about home. So if they're living somewhere else, what does that look like versus his setup? Well, I mean, just the sheer cost savings yeah. of having to, you know, plus you're always at your, you know, which could be a curse too. It's a blessing. All, it was a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah, you're there. always at work. Yeah. You're not a nine to five guy. <laughs> no, so. no, no. And your business yeah. is no. I no, mean, no. It's impossible to be because right. you, know, you have to work pretty yeah. much around the clock because yeah. you can get that call. Yeah. Jerry, I remember you telling me a story when you were looking to move your office in Oakmont and you were like, I was going to build out space in my house. And the guy you were working with was like, you can't. You'll never get away from it. Yeah. So yeah. like with your situation, mm-hmm. I think your dad was like, I'm going to make him live up top. And that way I can maybe relax a little bit every once in a while. It was, I think, like the perfect setup. It was also old school, like before cell phones. You know, you had the landline. So actually, I remember Mr. Burkett, like a story of him. He would be like, if he was like out, apparently he would like go out. And if his wife said like he got a call on the landline, she would like shut like the the blind in the upstairs room. So if he was up on the boulevard, he would know to like come (laughs) home. So, and then when, but then when my dad, you know, I remember we'd always have like the bag phone plugged into the car. And then if we were out, we had this camper and 
remember Buttercup and Butler? Yeah, I yeah. Remember that joke. Buttercup. It's still but there. like, if if we went there, you know, it was like he had the beeper. Then you had change to get like a payphone. I mean, now it's easier. Yeah. But uh, different times. Yeah. Yeah. But um, then my wife and I. I mean, I started there. My wife and I. We loved it. Um, I mean, she actually talks now. Like you know, she would move back to the funeral home. Yeah. I mean. We talked about earlier with kids, like when you guys were kids there, I can remember me, Dan Schmidt, and Shade would play hide-and-go-seek all through the mm-hmm. house because it's a unique house. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of unique, you know? Yeah. They've just made a big house and kind of made a house above the house and yeah. stairwells, and it was fun. It was a fun time. <laughs> Do you get days off? Do you do you allow that? Is so, it hard to transfer between being it, a dad and then you know putting on an event such as a funeral? It's, it is hard. Um, yeah. One thing my dad was struggling at the end is is kind of that balance. I yeah. think it was something that kind of was a part of his passing was uh, finding time to be off per yeah. se. But it is hard. Uh, pretty much if I'm in this country I'm on. (laughs) So we, we did go, I, I, since my dad died, I, I pretty much did not leave Oakmont for about 13 months. Mm. Um, just kind of adjusting the business. Um, I did go away at the beginning of August for four days. So I'm getting there, but (laughs) (laughs) when in the work, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, you never turn it off. (laughs) Right. Right. Because even if you planned a trip for 18 months with your family right. to Barcelona and you right. get a phone call, your best friend's right. died, guess yeah. what? You're, you feel obligated now. Right. Right. Or something like this, uh, like this plum yeah. house explosion. You yeah. Know, that's kind of important that you'd have to be there for yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just trying to plan arrangements for that must have been. Yeah. Challenge. Yeah. You know, and something like that is, um, you know, year one into kind of my new phase of my career. The only thing my dad probably dealt with something like that was Kurt Young, you know, when he had had passed away in the plane crash. Um, Probably of that magnitude, you know, we've had funerals over the years that were massive or hugely important people like my dad. But, um, you know, you need to be hitting on all cylinders for that. Um, I think we did. I think we helped them out, um, you know, the littlest piece. But, um, you know, they're going to need all these communities for years to come, decades. So what's that like? You, you get the call that that someone – can you walk us through that? Take us, you know, how does that go? So right now – Do so, the cops call you? Like what, what goes on? So um, yes and no. When I was away in August, I did have I did have a local cop because you know Joey and I know all the cops in town. <laughs> yeah. Jerry probably too. <laughs> well, I know for reasons. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um, so what happens is you know kind of two different ways. If you if you have someone that dies at home, mm-hmm. there is normally a cop there, an EMS, a nurse. They call into our funeral home line, which does come to my cell phone here. Okay. Um, if someone passes at a hospital kind of the hospital staff will call us again it comes to my phone here and then um you know i'll normally touch base with a family member um at that time kind of talk about you know who the person was if i don't know who it is already and then kind of get a game plan going into that day or the next day of what we're going to do 
I guess we try to share some tips and tricks. So obviously some of these things you can't avoid or you don't anticipate, but um, if you could game plan for a funeral from, I guess, a father's perspective, you're suggesting to buy those plots up front. Could you talk us through like life insurance? Yeah. Like what you would suggest for everybody if you're you're trying to sell some So uh, one thing we're going to actually do here soon is going to do like a a lunch and learn uh, event um, in Oakmont or the area, which is like answering these questions. Um, I think Oakmont specifically, you had Russ Truby and recently Diane Harrell uh, was a lady that, that passed away unexpectedly, both pretty much the same way, 67, 73 years old. Um, that both, um, my dad was in this industry for his whole life and, you know, we had things that were not in, they were in order, but they were still like, you know, teased across size to, you know, um, so, you know, we do, we do do a ton of pre-planning, which someone could pre-plan their whole funeral out or cremation out. This is what I want done. Um, let From their... the song they want played? Absolutely. The whole... yeah, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I think my grandma had the dress out. Like, yeah. She had the dress yeah. picked out. Yeah. Entry uh, music to the church, the exit music to the church was all. Yeah. And, and Russ had it all. It was he all. Did. He just pulled the file. Like, um, you, you know, you pull the file. It's great for people that are not married. People that don't have kids, because eventually, you know, you do pass or die unexpectedly, and it's like, who do we call? What do we? What do we do? Um, in that pre-planning, we do pre-funding, which in our industry guarantees you today's cost for a future event, which is a great uh, product for the consumer. Um, we do like we we like the product because down the road, the funeral, the, the funds are there to be paid for. But, um, you know, it's great for someone of any age to get that, you know, put away that that money's there. At least something, even if you put a, an amount away for, for your kids or whoever to have to, to, to plan something with so it's not all on their burden. Especially if you have family that's conflicted. Like, yeah. Like, think about when, you're, when your mom passes away mm-hmm. and you have four people in the room that all have a certain feeling about how this should go down. Yeah. Well, the, real, the person you're honoring could already have that done. Like pick the casket, Keller, everything. Right. And you don't have to argue with your sister about which casket and your brother about which psalm, like whatever, you know, it's just set in stone. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, I guess to tie this together, that's um, one of the memories I have of your dad. I have several, but obviously the larger than life personality always, you know, just made you feel welcome. But um, it was after my mom passed away and I had no idea about anything. You know, it was... I was 25 at the time. I, I didn't, you know, that was my second parent that was gone. So I didn't know anything. And mm-hmm. like, he kind of walked me through that whole process. And like, I remember him covering a portion of the bill and just being like, so blown away that like, in one of the darkest moments of my life, he, he just had that generosity about him. And it was mm-hmm. just, uh, I still think about that very often. And I'm sure he's, you know, and you're going through this now and you've been through it the past 15 years or yeah. so in the business you have very unique opportunity i think you have a profound impact on people's lives just from the business that you're in so it's pretty it's pretty awesome see that's a story I, it doesn't surprise me that's like a story that i hear thousands, yeah. thousands yeah. of you know i remember when your mom passed mm-hmm. and i think i was talking to ashley about it recently and so many stories of like 
he did these things that he didn't tell anyone about and then yeah, you hear about it <laughs> and and there's thousands of them yeah you yeah. know there's him covering people's rent in this town or mm. groceries or at christmas time uh just he 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 did he did a lot with everything he he was blessed with yeah i think that that's something that kind of gets lost in the modern modern era with people people want to do things for people and then put their name on them yeah you know and then that kind of waters down the efforts with mm-hmm. with your dad it's just like he sponsored every little league team you know he would do everything for the, everybody and you know and i think it was funny i i was 19 when my father passed away and on my 21st birthday russ sends me a 40 of budweiser and balloons <laughs> for my 21st birthday because my dad wasn't going to be around to buy me my first drink yeah, yeah. and it did come from springdale floral just so you know <laughs> he was loyal to springdale it's almost like so his profession was <clears throat> to just be there for people mm-hmm. in their sometimes darkest time yeah but he took it so literally that even when there wasn't death involved and i shared one of those stories with you when he passed and i don't need to share it now because i don't want you to get emotional but uh it was you know watching him in his watching him in in his act of kindness just come out of nowhere and uh, you know leave everybody in the room with tears in their eyes just like he didn't need to do that yeah you know um but he was just he was there for people that were in need even when those people didn't know that they were in need um and it was uh he will be very much missed and i've i said it when it happened and for the several months after that it was continuing to kind of shake the community um because I, I have never seen anybody that's passed away in this town or these communities, these surrounding communities that I've known, that like three, four, five, six weeks after, there were still people posting on social media about stories that he that they had. And uh, it was like, it was, it was crazy to read them all. So yeah. I'm sure it was tough. And I'm sure it took you guys a long time to, to get through them, if you ever did. Um. But, still are, but, yeah, still <laughs> are but, yeah. yeah. How's that going? So I mean, you're. It's been a year, month, approximately. Uh, it's obviously just for my. It's life changing. So know. grief, grief is. I, I thought being in the industry, you know, growing up in a funeral home, you know about grief, but you don't until yeah. it smacks you in the face. Um, and he was sixty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, you guys have been through it. I think you you lose a 99-year-old grandfather. You're sad. You're, you know, all these things. But you lose death like that, unexpected, young. Um, you know, there's there's phases of it. I've been in this past year, you know, ups and downs, valleys, mountains. Uh, I think recently I'm coming into kind of like where I'm at in a, in a decent, okay place. Um it's definitely hard because life moves on. Like you have your kids at home. Like yeah. you, you, they, they, I'm, I'm trying to be their version of, you know, what my dad was to me, mm-hmm. Yeah. which I could never be that. But, um, they didn't want to see me moping around and crying and being down. Like they want me 
how I am. Well, I've I've learned it like well, with, I'm a young dad too. I have a six year old, oldest three, and like I always think like I can never be like my dad. You know, like I don't have the same problems that he had to get through to help me. You know, but like I think they get to judge that. You know, yeah. like at the end of the day, when they're in their clip pushing forty and they're sitting there talking about you, you can't say you can't be him. You know, yeah, they, you might be a mountain of a man to them someday, yeah. and you hope, I hope that you are. But I, I try to remind myself of that. Like sometimes I don't like the version of the dad I am. That's true. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need to like me. I just need to be me and be who yeah. I was and who I am. Every, consistency is a big thing. Yeah. And then I'll let them decide, you know, if they're 22 and they never want to see me again, then that's it. But like, I don't yeah. think that's going to be the case, you know? Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard being a dad. Being a parent is hard. <laughs> it's a lot harder to be a mom for all those moms that might tune in. <laughs> right. it, you guys got the tough end of it. Like, you know, but being a dad's not easy either, you know? It's really not. No, it's I, it's not. It's sometimes fun, though. <laughs> like, you get a new toy or something. Like, you know, my nieces yeah. and nephews are in town, and it's like, you know, and you can just have fun. Like, you kind of put the discipline on the back burner. Yeah. And then we were starting school today. So, like, then you're, like, bath time, and, you like, you start thinking of all these little things with school, and you're like, man, I, didn't for I forgot all about that. Like, to make sure you're up, to mm -hmm. make, you know, like, I gotta. It's just a whole new. Like it's like I'm going back to school. Like I'm not going back to school. I get up and go to work every day of the year. You get back in the rhythm. Yeah, it's like like tonight. I'm thinking like you bet, don't wait up for me because you got school tomorrow. You know, like that kind yeah. of stuff. So that's something to kind of expand on because I think we're all fathers, yeah, and all trying to run businesses and run you know careers and how do you balance? Because I know how busy your business is, mm -hmm. and I feel you, mm -hmm. um, and I know everybody at this table does. So how do you balance time with kids, with work, and how to be, you know, in a world where that phone rings mm -hmm. and you get text messages and you could be back at work in a heartbeat? Yeah. How do you balance that with time with the kids? So uh, uh, part of, I think, coming into where I am right now, I'm in a really good place kind of where I'm at with that too. Um, there's certain things like me as a dad, like I have to do, like I have to get up at 5am. Like I have to have my two cups of coffee. I have to work out. Okay. Like it's not physical, like it's mental. Like I have to do that to be like on, um, the work life balance. I mean, my wife is a saint. She does do 98% of, you know, everything at home. Um, that's kind of like our deal, our trade off, and she's cool with that. And um, I'm very fortunate and blessed by her. Um, so she does a ton of the way too much of the home stuff. I do way too much of the work stuff. But that's we're almost like we always say we're kind of like a 1940s like marriage. Um, not that like she's waiting for me like with dinner on a plate when I'm like what? I come in the do door <laughs> yeah. that would be nice. We all have but, things to work for. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, we always say like our and my industry is old school like that. Yeah. Um. So we always say like she does probably too much of the parenting, that type stuff. I do a little more of the work, but um, it's a balance right now. We're in a good groove one great thing about Oakmont is like you can be at work and then boom, you're at the softball game. I mean, yeah. you remember my dad show up in a softball game in a suit and tie yeah. all, like all, all the time. Like, that, that was like his thing. Um, so is Amanda, she a stay at home mom. So right now she is, she's a yeah. teacher by trade. Um, when we had our son, she stayed home. Um, and then we were in this phase where 
you know, things were moving along and then my dad dies and I, my schedule went from busy to very busy. Um, so yeah, we're in our roles right now. (laughs) Yeah. My wife is staying at home right now and and like, I, I don't picture how it works any other way. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Jerry, you see people at at school. It's like, everyone's grinding. Yep. It's like people that like have it or they don't have, everyone's fighting for that, you know, rat race that they're in, you know, these houses we were talking before this started, they aren't cheap. We live in a nice area. Um, and it's like every month, you know, trying to make ends meet. Yeah. And there's trade-offs. I know working parents have a trade-off. Stay-at-home parents have a, a trade-off. Yeah. I when it, So my wife works from home or uh, is home with the kids now. And when we first made that decision, it was actually that's something we have in common. So when my daughter was born, she's five now. Uh, she went back to, back to work. She's a teacher by trade as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, went back to work for a little bit and then we decided that it was just it was too hard with both kids and that it was just going to make more sense for her to stay home and uh, it was something she wanted to do yeah uh, it was her it was her call and when we made that decision I was I mean I was terrified you know I'm business owner you know my my business is accounting and taxes so my income is very front heavy during the year right so when we were just getting started i mean october november december january we were like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah i mean there were times when we were like scraping to buy christmas yeah. gifts yeah um trying to budget it out with a growing business and you, you know there's money you just have to spend in a business and mm-hmm. then you know you run out of money in august and you're like now what the hell are we gonna do um so there were some years that were really really hard um but like Joe said, at this point, I couldn't imagine. I mean, there's so much stuff that has to get done at home with two kids that I I don't know how working parents, like the parents that have two jobs, I don't know how they do it. Yeah. You know, with all these things that go on, all these activities and, you know, in-service days for the school. And now instead of doing snow days, they do virtual days. And (laughs) it's like, how the hell, (laughs) that's crazy. How the hell do (laughs) the parents that have two, you know, both spouses go to a job every day. How the hell do they do it? Yeah. I mean, you have to like, you're, it's like everybody's on call with their kids now. Right. Like you have to be able to be at the school. And I just don't know how, I don't know how we do it. And, and we have a similar situation where my wife does way too much of the housework and kid stuff. And I do way too much here. And it's, that's a challenge. That's why I asked you, cause it's, it's a challenge that I live every day. And you said, you know, you don't always like the father that you are. There's, there's days where you're like, man, I'm working too much mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, I'm worn out from home, from work and I go home and I'm, burnout and i'm in a bad mood and then i'm fighting with myself all night don't take it out on the kids yeah. don't take <laughs> it out on the kids yeah. it's so hard uh or you get an email at dinner time and or and you start emailing back and forth with a client in a text message group and now now you're just you're just not present anymore right and you it's mean to tell me not all your clients like me and text you first and said you have a minute to talk you, you, not all clients do that for you <laughs> No, unfortunately, no. Um, and some of them don't know what it means to be. It's Sunday at dinner time, and I don't want to hear your email. or yeah. your, I don't want to call talk to you right now. No offense to anybody that's listening to this. But, you know, and there's sometimes where it has to happen. But, right. 
but that's the thing in your comp your business like most accounting firms are Monday through Friday business hours. Right. Now I have special relationships with a lot of my clients where I do get Sunday phone calls. Um, and it is what it is, but your business literally is 24 seven. Yeah. So how, you know, that's the whole, that was my question is how do you maintain that and still be there for your kids? It's gotta be really hard. One day at a time. <laughs> well, you said you, let, you hit it home earlier. You probably have a pretty good staff at this point. You know, is that yeah, I out? mean, we're, 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 we have a great team right now. But but it is like that. Like, sometimes my Saturdays and Sundays are bigger days than, like, Monday, Tuesday. Right. Like, this Saturday, I have a funeral at 11. I know I probably won't be home until 2, 3, at least right now. It's only Tuesday at this point. Um, but then, like, last... Wednesday we went to Kennywood at like 11 a.m. because I was like I'm free let's go yeah um so the flexibility uh, and Kennywood wasn't busy on a weekday <laughs> or, da- or dangerous <laughs> I heard that they their hours are I have a buddy that showed up with it like 10:30 in the morning one day and they didn't open till like two or three and he's like what the hell am I gonna do with these kids it's all this <laughs> all day long it's like, changed. ready to go to it's Kennywood really changed since we were kids uh, it's like the Griswolds when they get to Wally World and they can't go in <laughs> they can't go in that's what he did he ended up going to like Eaton Park for like two hours and then he took the kids to Dave and Buster's. He's like, I don't know what to do. He just, mm. he's like, it's the longest day of my life. <laughs> before but entering, Kennywood. before even getting to Kennywood, he's like, I'm done. Yeah, I guess as far as that daily discipline goes, so all, all business owners, I feel like have to have that in some yeah. regard. You mentioned getting up at five. Yeah. Did you get that from your dad, or is that just what you need? No, to so, make- so so my dad's routine was getting up and going over to Alexander's gym. Okay, okay. Yeah. and then he went to like three different drive-throughs in Harmonville. So like he worked out and then went to like Burger King, McDonald's, yeah. Wendy's. Literally, literally at his funeral, he had like five like drive-through ladies come by and oh, be geez. like, be like, I, I talk to your dad every day in the drive-through line. Uh, mine is, you know, I feel like right now trendy on social media is these like morning routines where you get up sure. and there's 19 steps of like meditation, then read your Bible, then blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't know how you have time to have a life after you do that. But <laughs> mine is just, um, I found maybe in grief, maybe in, uh, through the pandemic, really, uh, it was like gyms were closed. I started mm-hmm. working out at home. Mm-hmm. So I, I get up something about my clock is like 5am I have my coffee it's like my quiet time before the kids are up work out um, what's in your coffee you drink it black just black okay. there's nothing you drink there. so much coffee it, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just you don't black. have time for that coffee's a tool <laughs> yeah, yeah um, but I've just found like and I it's definitely a grief thing now like I have to do that if I don't do that I'm not as good throughout the day yeah um, so yeah I'm always looking for that morning motivation because as I get older, it's harder. Like yeah. I should be at work at six. So like I'm, my policy's out the door by five forty four. And, uh, now as I get older, man, I see like it, it it's, it takes longer for me to like get going, you know? And I, I got a CPAP machine and it kind of helped the whole morning thing. And, uh, now I'm like, today I didn't go to work at all in the morning for the first time in seven years that we've been open. I let the people open yeah. the shop because it was the first day of school and I didn't want to run around. And I'm like, oh, I could see how you could get used to this. Yeah. So like, I can get back on the bike tomorrow or else yeah. I'm gonna be like, yeah, working eight in the morning till nine at night or something. <laughs> so yeah. it's uh, gotta be disciplined, right? You got to, I, I at least think How so. about the pandemic? So yeah. how did your business change in a pandemic? 
So pandemic, um, you know, we were listed, I guess, as essential business at the time. Um, we were kind of, it's funny. I was talking to someone about this the other day that was like, remember when you, if you sat at the bar, you had to like order food to have a drink yeah, or yeah. something like, yeah. like <laughs> that was yeah. crazy. Was they had tables uh, next yeah, to the bar. Yeah. You couldn't it, sit it, at the it was bar. like, yeah. you had to have an appetizer. Yeah. If you Hot dogs. Were yeah. <laughs> commonplace thing. Um, we, we at the beginning, I think, were – well, for, like, funerals especially, it was hard. I mean, I remember the, the first – one of the first ones we had was a friend's dad that passed, and you could have 10 people in the building at the time. Um, that was set at the county level? Or the, I yeah. think so. Is yeah. that, that's how it was. Um, and then we would go up to, like, 30, then it was 100, and then it was still, like, masks inside, things like that. Um, but it was hard to operate like yeah. that. Um but I notice now it's changed a lot of things like forever. Like people in a space like that, like kissing, hugging, like people you don't now. See that yeah, anymore. I think people realize yeah. like, you know, I don't want to shake that stranger's hand necessarily. <laughs> yeah, strangers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I do notice people, their behaviors kind of that did change. I think it's changed everything for a lot of businesses. Yeah, I mean, I see it a lot. Like, like when you're golfing and stuff. Like times before, like people do space out a little bit. Like, but I mean, I, I think I ran into one of our old teachers at Home Depot, like right in the heart of the pandemic. And we just naturally hugged in the, yeah. in the parking lot. And then like, we kind of looked at each other real weird. And he was like, well, if you didn't kill me in high school, I guess you're not going <laughs> to kill me now. <laughs> so it's, yeah, you're busy. It was unique though. Cause I can remember going to funerals at that time and you're, yeah. you're it's generally warm when you get in the rooms and like you had the mm. mask on and yeah. like, it was like, if you had to be there for any length of time. It was well, well, I noticed in that space a lot of like your facial recognition with people like you see eyes but not like mouth kind mm-hmm. of your whole lower half of your face you really communicate uh, yeah. in that in that kind of like compassion yeah you're cracking jokes to someone that's just melting under that <laughs> mask and you're like yeah, maybe, maybe that's probably why I'm not a funeral director <laughs> is it a competitive industry do you do you buy out competitors is that even a thing or just kind of word of mouth that that is a thing um pittsburgh is like a very old school industry in yeah. the fu- in funeral service um the rest of the country has these bigger firms that are just like massive companies. Mm. Um, so Pittsburgh is kind of like old school and there's like a few big dogs. There's, um, you know, kind of like middle sized businesses. And then a lot of like entrepreneurs like my dad that started like real little yeah. and there's still a ton of those guys around, but they're all like my dad's age, 67, 70. I think our industry is going to, really change over the next 10 years of all those guys, whether they sell like right now on the new McCabe brothers sold in the city. They're like a mm-hmm. long time Pittsburgh mm-hmm. name. That's in Lawrenceville, right? Uh, Penn Avenue and yeah. Walnut street. Okay. So they, they just like sold no. out of nowhere to, um, did they sell locally to someone? No, they just sold like property. Oh, okay. So they sold the property Completely on gone. Walnut street, which is worth a lot of money. Right. Um, and I think winter's funeral home and, Bloomfield uh, sold. I think you're going to see a trend of that happening. Um, and then, yeah, you could have you could have someone like buy out a competitor. Do you foresee Pittsburgh changing in the fact that where these big companies are going to come in and start buying up funeral homes? So or? there, so there's a company called SCI that is like that owns funeral homes in the Pittsburgh area. They're national firms. They come in and buy out 
like a small guy that wants to sell. They still operate it again, kind of as the same name that we talked about it, but it's no, it's it's owned by by a bigger company. Um, but there's, I think there's gonna be, I think there is gonna be a big shift in our industry in, you, in that. Do you see yourself becoming one of those bigger companies? Would you ever consider buying out com, com, competing funeral homes? So. Yes, I think we would. I do see us growing because of our location, how we do things. I think we have a great product. I could sell anyone on what we do at our place with value. When when someone calls in, we call them kind of price shoppers where they'll call in and say, like, what is your price for this? Um, and we go through, we have a GPL, general price list, that by law we have to describe. Um, and I stand on that like Bible, I think what you get from our place, our location, our people, the price is very average for Pittsburgh. It's not high, it's not low. Your and price it, was. Correct. Price, not, correct. not quality. Correct, correct. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if someone's like comparing us to A, B, or C, you know, I just hope that, you know, they compare apples to apples like any industry. Yeah. Yeah. Now to circle back a little bit, you said like a lot of guys who are your dad's age in this industry. Do you have anybody that remains in a in another funeral home that is like someone that you could call now that your your dad is no longer in the business with you every day? Mentor. Do you have like a mentor now or so I have um this guy Rob Karish that was my dad's best friend that they, they went to mortuary school together. He has a funeral home in Burrell. Um and I kind of grew up in the industry with kind of teachings from him. Um, and my dad, so I had like the best of both worlds. They, they specialized in different things. Um, and so I, I, I do lean on him for some advice. There's some guys in the industry that, you know, reached out to me when my dad died that, um, you know, you just see how they've done things over the years, moves they've made, um, even bad moves. I mean, you, those are the ones you can definitely learn from. Yeah. Um, so. Any come to mind that you're dad was sour about or an opportunity missed out on or um i know he got into real estate a little bit is that you know what one, one thing i he he does dabble into real estate you now my mom and sisters and i are uh you know managing that he loved it we're kind of uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know we may hire a property manager <laughs> i'm not sure i, I know one <laughs> but like he liked it as like yeah. a little hobby i'm finding it you know you need to focus on what you do yeah i think and then maybe let someone else manage that yeah it's, how many it's a great time to even maybe think about just unloading property at this point you know yeah. like how, how how many does he have do so have? so he has the the funeral home building he has mm -hmm. two to the right a lot of people don't know this, but if you're looking at the funeral home, he has two units to the right. The one house has five apartments. The next house is a duplex. Um, and then he owned at the corner. Um, he owned the corner building. Do you remember it was like a daycare way back in the yeah. day yeah. on the corner? And then and then as he would, he, he prior to that helped Riverside Community Church mm -hmm. and his pastor there. He 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 helped them purchase that building oh. um, at the time. And then um, they kind of bought it, you know, back off my dad. Um, and then we got forever use out of the parking lot uh, oh. between the funeral home and the church. Nice. Um, so, and then in Oakmont, here's the Oakmont Deli building. Yeah. The deli, the upstairs. He has a house on A Street and his house. So, 
that house on A Street when I was selling my house kept coming up in the comparables, and I'm like, that's true, he doesn't live on A Street. <laughs> I assume you own the house at this point, right? The whole building, you know, the funeral home and all that, or are you still... Is there a mortgage? Oh, no. Yeah, no, my, my, so my mom is owner of the business, kind of with yeah. how his death occurred. Uh, yeah, they, they paid off everyone kind of back to his story very aggressively at the time. Nice. Um, and he was smart. I mean, he, he got the deli for a song and a dance at the time. Um, and everything he has is paid off. Um, so he, he, was, he was very – he did well for himself. Yeah. He really did. Well, he was smart, and like we were saying before we went air, on air – um, property values in Oakmont have changed so dramatically yeah. where, you know, back when he was buying properties, you yeah. could get things for a song you, and a dance, especially if they need a little bit of work. Right. Now, I mean, everything's it's, worth so much money. And right. It's, I mean, it's great. Um, it's great for anybody that already owns property, but yeah. I don't know if I'd, I don't know if I'd want to move into this town now. It's tough to get into this mm-hmm. town now. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, it, it was smart, especially to be, in the position that you're in or your mom's in at this point, that's, that's a good position to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Any town in Pittsburgh that has a top tier school, public school now, I mean, you're not entering yeah. under 250,000. Yeah. And even with the market, I mean, the market has kind of receded a little bit in some neighborhoods, but the neighborhoods, like you said, with the good school districts, there's still, there's no inventory. So houses are still going for asking or over asking and, um, I mean, it's it's crazy, even with the interest rates being where they are, um, and you're not seeing a lot of properties on the market. And I was I was reading last week about about that, and they were talking about why, because you know, being involved in real estate, you, we kind of expected this to be kind of a bubble, and that all of a sudden there's going to be properties for sale and foreclosures, and with the rest of the economy that's kind of um, not in a great place right now, but with the last few years of having those rates, the reason they're saying that the reason why there's no inventory is that nobody wants to sell their house. Right. If you're if you have a two point seven five percent interest rate for thirty years, you're gonna make damn sure you made that you make that mortgage payment and you're not leaving. Right. Because yeah. how could you? You're gonna be able to, you're gonna not be able to move into a house even as nice as what you have because your mortgage is gonna be doubled. Yeah. Sean, how long have you lived in Oakmont? The house that was your own 9th Street. Um, we right around you, you right, Jerry? We we bought our house uh, 2015. Okay, right before. Um, and like f- f- we were extremely fortunate. Kind of looked at the house; it was out of our price range. Yeah, so it was you like, know, yeah. <laughs> like we were looking anywhere. Then we looked at Oakmont. I'm like, I can't afford to live in Oakmont. Like that's how I always felt living above the funeral home. My parents were like, we cannot live on the hill in Oakmont. Like that's why they lived at the funeral home. Right. Truly. Um, we looked at this house, the lady, uh, you know, her dad was moving out, they were selling the house and she really was extremely, uh, generous in kind of having us make an offer and, and, and go from there. I mean, now, like you said, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to buy a house in this town right now. And it's crazy. Yeah. I just, I just had an appraisal done at mine and it, I was like. I wouldn't pay that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they're like like we have okay houses, but they're yeah. not, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's not new construction. No, like, no. no. It, it's funny how similar our stories are. We moved in around the same time, and we had the same. I had the same situation where the Saxons owned my right. property before us. And, yeah. Um, Mrs. Saxon was there, and 
um, she let us in before the open house and uh, we walked it and uh, I put the, put the offer in and I put it in with Frank Bonarotti who was the listing agent and and I said listen I don't want to insult anybody but I'm going to give you the offer that is the absolute highest I can go and if Mrs. Saxon you know she expressed to us that she was excited that we were going to raise a family in her home yeah and I said I said listen I'm going to put an offer in. It's as much as I can do. I'm not trying to insult her. If she wants to hold off and find it, she will get somebody to give her full asking. Yeah. This is what I can do. And he was like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, just don't even write it up. Just call her and ask her. Mm. And um, her one son, Ed, was in charge. And I said, call Ed. And he's he pulled out his little black book, and I'm like... <laughs> What number do you want? Do you want his office or cell or his home? And he's like, give me his cell phone number, you smart ass. <laughs> and he called him, and that was what they decided. He, she said um, the fact that I was going to raise my family in that house meant more to her than the money. And right. She took my offer, didn't counter, just said, this is, I'll, I'll take it. So we were very, very fortunate, and um, so and we love it. We're right next to the school, yeah, so it's like you do. can't. Yeah. I mean, walk our kids to school yeah. every day. It's yeah. it's, a, it's it's a blessing. Priceless. And, yeah. Yeah. I never even rode a bus and all right. like, other than for sports field activities trips. and field trips. Field, yeah. And then we like, could have walked to Springdale to play, probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, play then. <laughs> you know? But so I remember last year, kindergarten Reese was going to ride the bus for the first time. We're like laying in bed for like weeks, and she was stressing about it and asking me questions. And I'm like, I'm not the guy for the job. You're, you're going to have to talk to your mom. Daddy walked to school, like kindergarten, yep. all the way. Like my, me and my sister would walk four blocks up the hill mm-hmm. for until we were in sixth grade. And then sixth grade, it was four blocks down the hill. Yep. You know, and it was it was walking everywhere. So that's yeah. it's one thing we definitely lack where we are now. It's a 20-minute drive to get a gallon of milk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know about that. Like we've talked about moving out of Oakmont or – you know, to somewhere in the woods somewhere. And that's always the thing. It's like, I don't want to drive 20 minutes yeah. to go to the grocery store. Yeah. You know? I don't know, man. My neighbors don't bug me. They leave me alone. When I was at Oakmont, you get home from a long day, and you're like, I just want to go inside and see my family. And then they're like, hey, man, how you, you know? And it's Dude, like that's how our street 15 is, minutes. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, and then when you're done, like, you're just getting done talking to this neighbor, and the guy pulls up across the street. He's like, hey, man, I haven't seen you in a while. And I'm like, well, ask him about me because I need to go inside. Yeah. A lot of times yeah. my wife would be looking out the window with a newborn, like, yeah, get what in. are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Oakmont, yeah, you know? our our street is like that, especially yeah, during school is, drop off time. Oh yeah, man, it, I spend more time talking to people on the way back from the school than I do taking my kids to school. Just put a desk in your front yard, mm-hmm. and start billing people, billable minutes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just a little trailer or something. Yeah, yeah. mobile accounting I could do. Yeah. How's inflation treating the business? Is it squeezing you at all? Have you as prices gone up? Like, what does that look like over the past couple of years for you? So that um, we have price increases in in our industry yearly. Most okay. guys do, um, but as far as like our products, like our caskets, vaults, like cemetery fees, um, they have not been affected. Like kind of the market, like you would think. Well, our mm-hmm. pre need funded funerals have held up with cost with present day costs. Um, 
so when we have a we call it a shortfall when a pre-need funeral is kind of like short uh, for instance, the Verona Oakmont Cemetery near us, they just raised their grave digging fee. It mm-hmm. went from 1500 to $2,500. Wow. Now, they hadn't changed it in years. Yeah. So they changed it one time and set up like $100 a year. Um, but as a whole, our industry did not kind of get shook with, with that. Okay. Yeah. Now, that pre-need insurance. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, just ballpark numbers, if I were to buy a policy, it's $10,000. Mm-hmm. Now... If when I were to eventually cash in on that because I passed away <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's seventeen thousand dollars, does the right. funeral home get the seventeen? So we we guarantee our services and merchandise at at that cost when you purchase. We have cash advance items that are kind of out of our control. Things like that cemetery fee that I just said, um, newspaper listings, obituaries, flowers. Uh, church fees, things that change that we can't control. So when that amount comes out, we kind of price it where it's at. And normally the family does get a refund back still. Okay. Yeah. So that's like a, a big, you're selling a product for a nationwide insurance company. So they're taking that person's money and investing it and they're, they're secure with it. So they're not, you know, they're able to gain yeah. And then that offsets. So I like, mean, it's basically a life insurance right. policy. Right, it is. Yeah. Yes. So it's basically like a $10,000 life insurance Correct. policy. Instead of, yeah, $2 million policy. Right. That, right. And exactly. I'd venture to say that 65% of the people don't even know about that. that, that no, I bet it's more option. than that. Yeah. yeah. I bet it's more did than that. you guys know about it? I well, I, I lived it, so I yeah, did it. you did. Because you know, like, my gram was 70-some years old when my father died. Right. And it was... 13, 14 years between the time that my father died and his dad, and the number changed significantly. So my grandmother was like, well, by the time I, I'm thinking, what are you going to live for another 30 years? Yeah. She said, by the time I die, like yeah. we're not going to be able to afford it. And she wanted the two to four, seven to nine, two to four, seven, nine, three days. Like she wanted the whole experience. And it was, yeah, I mean, that's the old school way. I don't know. And I'll tell you no, what, I've yeah, gone to those funerals yeah. and like of loved ones that you have to be there for yeah, all of yeah, it. Yeah. And I think who the hell would want yeah. to do this? I know it is so draining to be it's there for, I always two different days. You yeah. should just get a liquor license down there, cash bar at the front. And can you that's do where that? the state board comes in? The yeah. Those, they don't allow this license we were talking about. No, I don't think so. You can't even like offer wine or anything. No, not no, even doing. Yeah, no, that has to be. We would get fined. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's not BYOB. No. What if I bring in a flask? You go. You know that's why we have these wonderful establishments in town. Yeah, right next door. <laughs> yeah. Plug. Or... <laughs> well, yeah. Who is this podcast broadcast by? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any restauranteers that want to shout out. But if you're going to an not Oakmont yet. funeral, you're only going to one yeah, Oakmont establishment. That's right. is, is English still around? They are. Okay. Yeah, they are around. Is there animosity or is it just... No, no. Um, Kind of what we were talking about earlier, the name Mm. recognition. They've had a few owners over... So the Englishes aren't involved anymore. They are not involved Mm. anymore. Um, So they've kind of had three or four change in ownerships over over the years. But he is a fine competitor and we have a good... Yeah, good rapport. You need yeah. competition Absolutely. in business because, yeah. first of all, you couldn't handle it all. Yeah, you know, like if you're the only game in town, you're just busy. And then the other thing is, is like it's life. You're gonna have relationships with people yeah. that mm-hmm. don't don't necessarily want to do business with you. Right. So they just go up the street, and yeah. you don't have to worry about dealing with that interaction. So, yeah. 
Now, when this current owner decides to sell, is that going to be Truby too? TBD. TBD. (laughs) (laughs) Back to the, I guess, the pre-planning thing from both a a customer side and a business side. How are you not, so like, let's say I buy something today and then I die in 40 years. You're telling me you're not taking a loss there? So there are, there are these things called shortfalls. Now that would be an extreme example. Well, I hope to live 40 years, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) How are you living nowadays? (laughs) Five o'clock in the morning, two cups of coffee. He's giving me 79. Come on. In in that example, when I use our age group, you know, as, as, as reference, if we would buy that policy, all four of us, we're going to make out on that. As a customer. Think of it as you're buying a good meal today. As a customer. Right. You're buying a good meal today that you're eating in 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. What's the price going to be? And he's protected by the the bigger company. Right, right. He gets paid whatever it is. Exactly. Except for the intangible. So so you'll still, so just for numbers, just it's $10,000 today. 40 years from now, it's $25,000. So we we, we wash all of our services and merchandise of that original plan we keep it at that day's cost the the prices that i kind of said that joey's saying we call them cash advanced items in our industry which is like things that change without our doing death certificates for instance they just went from six dollars a piece to twenty dollars a piece so they look just like your birth certificate it's oh, official yeah. document yeah but they're not twenty dollars a piece that's crazy. so most people get like 10 of them that's 200 yeah. bucks that's crazy because um, you need so everybody well, needs an original right yeah. life insurance companies you yeah know, car title house yeah. thing like that um and I, i'm pretty sure if i remember right if you don't get enough at the beginning when you go back to the well you pay more so it's the same price it, okay. as long as those prices haven't changed. Okay. But um, like you know, someone can call me up. Hey, I need a death certificate from three years ago. We do order it, and it's right okay. now. It's twenty dollars. Okay. Um, but yeah, they have to. A lot of times, they have to be originals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can you print those for us? I cannot. <laughs> There's probably a guy. You're not the guy. Get you, okay. you know, across a border somewhere. With a, I actually a passport and a few documents. My first legal activity was uh, forging a birth certificate for my for my brother. You know, this is going to be on the internet, right? That's fine. Okay. It's all good. Um, yeah, he his last name was wrong on his birth certificate, okay. and he wanted to play hockey at Plum, and I didn't change the age. But he didn't know at the time that my, his stepdad was his, his dad was his not his biological father. Is this Billy? Yeah. yeah okay. So we not to air him out, yeah. but I guess everybody knows who my brother is. But uh, not to like he was like thirteen, I think, and he didn't know. And they felt like at the registration table at a hockey tournament wasn't the time for him to find out that his last name was different. Mm. So I literally like did the old copy and paste the background and like printed it and then wrinkled it and like copied it. It was, it was pretty slick past. I mean, I should have made him like seven I'm just thinking old. of like Joey in high school making like fake IDs mm-hmm. like McLovin. We always had a plug. Class president. That's why. Yeah, yeah class you guys president. are both class president. <laughs> That's right. Well, you were the class president at Point Park. I Did think. you have right? a reunion yet, or no? We had our. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, they we, do we those. Had <laughs> yeah. Wait, they do those? I didn't we think still we waiting for ours. One. We still waiting for ours. We just missed the twentieth. That would have been nice. We. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
I've been impeached at this point. I think, so <laughs> I think someone else should hop on board. No, were you at the presidential class at, at no, Mortuary uh, School? Mortuary School, yes. And at Riverview? No, not at Riverview. That's why you had a class reunion. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah, over yeah. here taking credit for his 10 no, year reunion. No. no, we had the Elks. It was down at the Elks. Really you nice. had a 10 year reunion. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who was your class president? I think it was Kate Anderson. Do you think and she'd take on class of 2002? <laughs> I think we would just have, like, Springdale does, like, an all-class reunion yeah, that my mom well, went to. I mean, yeah. And then, and then at the 10-year reunion, they were like, we're done with this. And then what they said, they were like, Sean, we know you're going to be in Oakmont for probably, like, forever. So you're doing the 20-year reunion. So I think part of this is actually coming up. I, I but I'm just going to be like, what we did, we were at the Elks, and then everyone eventually, like, went to carnivores. Um, I would probably just say, hey, everyone meet at carnivores at like 7 yeah. o'clock. Yeah, I, I think COVID really screwed us up. I mean, we were, we were really so close. Were you 0-2? To, yeah, we were really close yeah. to throwing yeah. one and then COVID you know, hit. At this uh, stage, O2. the amount of people that are left, we could probably just have it at the cigar bar. Were you the same class? Oh, we were all three in O2. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. Yeah, I probably should do something with that. I mean, I've, I've talked to people about it, and I'm like, if you really oh, want to have good. one, just – Planet. No one's gonna be like, whoa, whoa. Did you run this by Joe? To, like, is he like cool with Joe know about of, this? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I also it's had like an inherited power. There you was have. a vice you're president. Ele- you're an elected official. So there was like, a that vice president. With it. Who uh, else was on the? Secretary? Who else is? Who in did your you cabinet? beat? You beat some uh, distinguished, distinguished scholars. <laughs> I probably fixed the ballot box, but uh, no. I mean, I think Haley was vice president. Okay. Who? Uh, Haley. Haley. Haley yeah. And then RJ. Okay. Uh, Hurt was the treasurer. The treasurer. But who did you did run? Did money to run? Uh, yeah. Is that just a right. title? Like we we handled all this wrapping paper sales oh, for okay. the fundraisers. <laughs> oh, okay. Who did you run against though? Uh, I think I ran against Emily Davis, and then my senior okay. year I ran on a post. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hard to beat an incumbent. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, when when Trump lost the last election, me and my wife were watching coverage, and I was like, I told you, it's the hardest thing to do in in the business is back to back president. Mm. Not too many people can do it. Because you and I looked at her right in the eyes, and she hates it because I always like I'm like class president eighty eight. What's up? <laughs> and uh, she's like, uh, I said, no, you don't need to say anything. I'll go to bed. <laughs> so, so in Oakmont. Um, we saw here that you do some work with the Len Anderson Christmas Fund. Yes. Um, what else do you do in town? Oh, so Len Anderson is huge. And actually, uh, my wife and I, Jared, you could uh, understand this. We're, we're trying to get what I call new Oakmont involved, which Len Anderson is a great thing. It's people in Oakmont, Verona that can give, and it helps out people that need. So, you know, you give a donation, and it helps out people at Christmas time too receive that donation in, in giant Eagle gift cards. Um, that's a huge thing we do. We do a veterans day program that we're trying to reboot since COVID. My dad had, hadn't done it since 2019, um, where we honor all the veterans in town, the veterans that passed away. We normally have about like 45 veterans that pass away throughout a year. Mm-hmm. We honor them. Um, I took my dad's place on the Memorial Day uh, committee, which That's which great. is his spot up at the cemetery. That was always big for him. That was big. Um, so th- this year went well there. We lost Diane Harrell. She was on the committee as well. So um, there's a lot of change in Oakmont. Um, between the churches, there's like four new priests. And there's two at the Catholic Church, a, a new priest at the Greek Church. Steve Wilson stepped, retired at the Presbyterian Church. So there's really like turnover in town. 
Um, we lost a funeral director as well. <laughs> um, so um, that's huge. And then I'm, I'm on the Verona Oakmont Cemetery Board, which is, is we kind of caretake the cemetery up there, uh, make kind of day-to-day decisions on that. But um, I mean, this community, this is about, uh, we have a business that helps people, I hope, at their worst time, like, like we've all experienced now. Um, I think it helps when someone, you know, you know, is going to do it, you know, how, how you would want it done. Um, and we try to, I mean, we love this town. We try to give all of ourselves to it to better it. How do people get involved with the Christmas fund? Is that through your website or how so, could they so we do um we do an article in the in the newsletter that goes around town we i think we get it on the grapevine email um I'm, I'm trying to get it out jerry i was talking about getting it out to maybe like in folders to kids to parents that mm. don't know what it is kind of reboot like who was this person why how did it start it kind of transitioned from len anderson to my parents um, my parents ran it for years. My mom, my wife, and I ran it last year, and then my mom's stepping down, and my, my yeah. wife and I are just going to do it this year. Yeah, because not only um, the people that want to give, right, you still want to get the information because a lot of people don't even know it's available to take. Right, you know? absolutely. So, so the main way we get it out is in the the Oakmont Verona newsletter. Okay. Um, we have a number that families call in that said they would like to request a donation. It's anonymous, um, and then people that give um, are able to help help out basically possibly a neighbor possibly a stranger but it's a great it's a really great thing cool Um, what do you do to raise funds throughout the year so throughout the year really mainly almost now going into fall we ask for kind of like a mass donation which people are extremely generous and they they do give um and then we get actually little little bit through the year we we've had people through funerals list you know in lieu of flowers donate to len anderson fund um we've gotten some support there um but all these charities need just like the memorial day uh, parade they need funding so it is important to give to causes that you think are are you know yeah, i mean if you don't give to these things right they don't go exist away. Yeah, yeah so like you know we still want to go to the memorial day parade right Oakmont, even though we don't live in oakmont yeah. it's and one of the better ones around it, it is it, it draws them in from miles around yeah i mean i always say about light up night light up night here is like ten thousand people i think 30 30 000, is that right i think 30 I think yeah i think like thirty thousand people 30, come 30, come to the boulevard yeah. wow. and like a lot of people didn't know this but like for many years it was rush truby Meg Burkhart gave a ton. Mark Soreo gives a ton. Yeah. And Danny Monaco gave a ton. It's like five people, men, women, that really like make this happen. If they don't do it, there's no uh, light-up night. Yeah. 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 That, uh, one of your dad's old employees was my uncle Vince Ferrani, and he, yeah. he had a saying about Oakmont. He said, uh, we're not the best. We just haven't found anybody better yet. <laughs> yeah, I was impressed. I'm always impressed with the light-up night and – just to put that into perspective for anybody that doesn't know Oakmont, there's like 10,000 people that live here. Yeah, and right. And like 30 or 40,000 people show up for like Yeah, that. it's huge. And it's for people all over the place. And I would say that the vast majority of them don't live here. No, they don't. Um, because I think a lot of people in Oakmont are like, 
it's just too many people. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll see companies that are on the Oakmont Chamber because the only way to get a booth for like those events, like the street sale, yeah, the, the only way you right. have to be on right, the chamber. Right, right. Yeah. So like, there's a guy from Saxonburg selling kettle corn, <laughs> working double shifts at light up night, and he's like, you'll look down the list, and you're like, why is he on the chain? And then you're like, well, he probably makes five k. Yeah, 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 huge. Favorite rush tradition? If you had to uh, pick one. You know, is it a certain meal? Is it a um, certain place? What's something that you Ooh. hold on to? I mean, we just talked about the parades and things. Those are obviously near and dear to his heart that he's carrying You know, one, one thing about him that, like, I, I didn't realize at the time, and we wrote in his obituary, he loved to, like, cook and, like, like and that's What's something What was I, he making? So, like, like that's something I do not have. Like, okay. again, my <laughs> wife does that, like. Yeah. On a Sunday, he would cook like Hungarian dishes, okay. like Polish dish, like sausage type. Yeah. Like him and his dad would like have the sausage thing that you would crank like in uh, the yeah. sink, and, and then he would make like these big bowls, pots of soups, yeah. like massive during a Steeler game. So the game's on, he's in there like mess, and then he'll say, "Hey, I'm coming by. I'm bringing soup to like you and Shay's house, at, like all of our houses, <laughs> yeah. which like you know we live close." So he would drop it off. And it wasn't always good. <laughs> nice. he, he liked to entertain, dude. He he was yeah. like he he, he, <laughs> like, he liked he liked a good party. He oh, did, yeah. and and he did it at the funeral home. He had the perfect house for it. Um, he loved to entertain. Loved to have people over. Um, he liked a good party too. He nice. did. Yeah, I can remember my grandma going to like his the new house on Virginia when he moved yeah. up there. And she's like 73 at the time, going, and Russ is probably 50 at the time. And her 90-year-old boyfriend, they're going to St. Patrick's Day parties at Russ's house, yeah. like hanging out. It's yeah. like, it's the kind of guy he was. Yeah. It was just like, every, yeah. come one, come all. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's uh, yeah. Hmm. Jerry, final thoughts? Uh, I don't know. It's just the Truby name, you know, like I said, I grew up with Shay. Um, met you later because you actually were – I think you're a year, so you graduated in what oh five. Yeah. So you're older from than my. You're a year older than my younger brother. Right. Um, yeah. And um, I don't know the Truby name, but I knew your dad for forever, and uh, I don't know anybody that's ever had a negative thing to say about any Truby. Um, my wife is from Plum, and she's just now started hanging out with Shay because my. Um, but it's fun to see. It's. My wife meet people that I've known my whole life. Yeah. And to see her reaction when she comes home and she's like, I met blah, blah, blah. And sometimes it's like, I met blah, blah, blah. She kind of seems like an ass. And I'm like, yeah, she is. <laughs> she always has been. But then, you know, she met Shay and they kind of hit it off. And yeah. they're both Penn State grads, which I won't hold that against them. But um, uh, so they, they hit it off. They they they're golfing now together and stuff like that and it's cool but you know she's always asked me like what's up with this person what's up with that person and um the conversation about shay was like there's there's never been anybody that had a negative thing about to say about any truby um and uh you know your dad's very missed but i'm sure like you said you know you don't know if you'll be able to live up to what your dad did and i think that even the fact that you're concerned about that means that you will um and that truby burka truby funeral home will be uh around we'll probably all be there 
at some point. <laughs> flat. You may not be you running mean it. Flat, like down. We'll be. Yeah, we'll okay. be laying there. Okay. At some point. I mean, because it's we'll probably uh, be there like next week. It seems like. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, but um, no, I think you got you're doing great, and um, that's it. Thank you, Good Joey. Boys. Yeah, I mean, we've. I think that you were born the day or before, or day after my brother. Say, uh, so yeah, we. Is he the third? Yeah, April A- April third. Oh, he's April the second, 4th. and you're you're the I'm, fourth. I'm the fourth. Yeah. Okay, so he was the third. So you're the fourth. Our moms like bumped into each other on the elevator. That was little Billy, <laughs> yeah. little Sean. Yeah, we always we always text each other on our birthday. <laughs> but uh, I've known I knew your dad uh, both in a like professional manner when he dealt with my funerals, and I've I've known your I graduated with your sister just like these guys. But uh, one of the things that I I knew that we were probably going to go through the history of your dad a lot on this show. I, I mean, I kind of didn't know how, to what extent, but I'm glad we did because it's a chance for you to like get it out there. Like you'll yeah. have this forever. Um, uh, I wish you the best of luck with your business. It's not easy being in business. Um, I wish you the best of luck being a dad because <laughs> that's not easy. I mean, life's not really going to be easy. Life's not fair. Um, you taking this time with us today was, was very important because we're still working out the kinks where you new to this and you being here and you're an affluential person in the community, no matter what you look at yourself in the mirror, you are. And uh, I appreciate you coming and doing this with us, man. I really do. So thank you very, very much. Yeah, kind of, kind of similar things, man. Just a lot of respect for for uh, everything you're sharing, and just I know this is a little overdue from from you and I's perspective, but uh, you had been, you know, that top five list of someone that we had wanted to talk to, just based on your dad's impact on the community and your family's impact on the community, just the way you run business. You can't find, you know, we had touched on it before. You can't find people that oh, don't go there. Yeah, those nobody. are bad people and that, yeah. that reputation can be hard to kind of fulfill you're, you're filling big shoes and i think us three when we sat down a few weeks ago we're like we need to talk to this guy we need to hear what he has to say and he, he deserves to stand on his own two feet and uh just kind of blown away by your story and just appreciate the time i know you got kids at home so <laughs> it's a little late i, I, I think you I got <laughs> well <laughs> me too but i think you got I mean, three or four client calls so you know it's, it never <laughs> stops man it's uh but appreciate docile for sure yeah well thank you for having me this i think this is another step in a therapeutic year for me um we're both size 12 shoes but his were definitely bigger um it's a process, man. Yeah. You know, there's there's people at this table that it, it uh, those those anniversaries and holidays they change, but um, it was July Fourth, right? Yeah, yeah. My birthday will never be the same. <laughs> I texted Jared this year because I put the sign in the yard. Yeah. Remember, I put yeah. the si- a yard sign like "Happy Birthday, Dad," and I was like, "I know it's your birthday. I won't do it again." But this is I, I gave him one it's more a, July Fourth. <laughs> it was his birthday too. His birthday's the fifth. The fifth. He died on the fourth. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, they say a year full of firsts. Right. And uh, I'm going on. Tw- this is actually the year that I've lived longer without my dad. That's, that's what. That's crazy. And it doesn't yeah. get any easier. Yeah. That's what's it, crazy. It, it's. I mean, it gets easier to like put the face on when you're having the conversation. Yeah. Like you can, I can talk more clearly about my dad now. But like, there's still. I'm yeah. probably not a day that goes by that I'm not in my car driving and it just yeah. gets me. My grandmother was the same way. She she pretty much raised me. Yeah, she did. And it's like a song will come on, something will happen. You know, you, you're just looking for that time that you just want to make that phone call and you're like, huh, mm. well, that sucks. thought this was supposed to get easier. <laughs> mm. Yeah. 
we'll be there someday, you know. Mm-hmm. Sucks. Death and taxes, right, Jerry? The only thing Mostly for sure. Taxes. And I do taxes and he you does handle taxes. <laughs> We're we've got good job job security. We at least have that. You know, I, I work a lot with funeral directors now. Like people a lot of times I'm dealing with death. Like I'm I'm hugging people at my front counter because their grandfather just died yeah, and they need a suit clean. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like you know, and I, I want to say no. I'm like, it's Friday and I want to go golfing, but I'm yeah. like, I'm hugging, I'm turning yeah. the boiler back on and cleaning his suit. I'm like, <laughs> I'm getting That's the only bucks. time I ever call you. <laughs> Joey, I got a funeral. All right, I'll pick up your suit. We're going to change the dress code for this. Mandatory suits. <laughs> We're all going to leave. In the, That's why he asked. He's like, what should I wear? Yeah, well, I said, be comfortable, yeah, man. Yeah. 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 So. But uh, I think that's a good that's a good point to sign off at. Thank you, Sean. Thank, Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you for listening to Between Two Bridges, a business-to-business podcast. Find and follow us on your preferred podcast streaming platform. Like and subscribe, and leave us a rating and review. You can join us socially on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Yes, we still call it Twitter. You can email the show at info at betweentwobridgespodcast.com. Until next time. Make it till you rake it.